0: The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O-K-A-S-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram, also at The Broadcast Podcast. Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C. You spell it with a k so you take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Monday, September the 12th, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking information in the world of wrestling. Whether that's AEW, WWE, or so many more, we're here to give you all the latest information behind the scenes and also what's happening in front of the curtain. It's a daily podcast that's given to you absolutely free anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right to the headlines. Starting over on e wrestling news, Madcap Moss reveals the origins of his ring name. Now Madcap Moss recently spoke to the evolution of his ring name and how it came to pass. Speaking with Danny Bonaducci and Sarah Morning Show, Moss revealed the origin of his wrestling name and the progression it took to get to where it is. Fans will recall that he was first introduced as Riddick Moss and then just Moss as a nod to the former NFL wide receiver Randy Moss. Upon his return from a severe injury, Moss had traded out of Riddick to Madcap and aligned himself with. Happy Corbin, though they would also have a falling out, although that never explained what happened with his name. He then went on to say this. Growing up, I was a Vikings fan and a Randy Moss fan, so that's where the name Moss came from. Now, originally, I was known as Riddick Moss. Riddick was just a cool name that kind of I came up with and I added it to Moss. Then more recently, as in the last year, I came off from an ACL tear and I'd been repackaged and kind of had a rebirth in WWE, and that's where I became Mad Cat Moss, and that came from the head man Vince McMahon himself, so that's the entire story. That's everything. Right now, I'm just simply known as Madcap Moss. Now, Moss teamed up with the Street Profits to take on Austin Theory in the Alpha Academy at WWE's Clash at the Castle. For more information on Madcap Moss, continue following e-wrestling news and more information will be forthcoming. Omos is making news at this hour. Omos is talking about how not having Vince McMahon backstage has made things more relaxed and laid back. David Esposito is writing it at this hour. Omos says it's been quite an adjustment without Vince McMahon around backstage at WWE. MVP's former pro spoke to say less and discuss and backstage news about what's happening. Now he says with Triple H running the show, almost has seen things change completely as far as the way WWE television has been handled especially working the house show loops. Now most recently he worked this weekend versus Matt Riddle. Now here are some of the highlights of his interview. Now on Vince McMahon's absence backstage he would go on to say, it's weird not seeing the old man every day because the last two years I was on I saw him every day and now it's only Hunter that's here. Now on how things have changed with Hunter being in charge. Omos would go on to say, Hunter is like one of us. He's one of the boys. A lot of us have a lot of trust in him because he has similar experiences as we do. We trust him and it's more laid back, but he's still very involved. He's down at rehearsals and he's working with the talent and he's very hands-on. For more information on everything that Omos has to say, continue to check out E Wrestling News and this interview that is posted right now on their website. Ryan Clark is writing in this hour, when did Road Dog begin his new duties in WWE? Let's find out a little bit more about this. Now, as we reported last week, Road Dog Brian James has officially re-signed with WWE. He's now the Senior Vice President of Live Events. According to a report from PW Insider, the WWE Hall of Famer officially started his new gig back in August. Now, also some additional news. WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler will be the focus of a es biography, WWE Legends, next season, which will begin airing in the winter. Lawler said the following on the Johnny Dare Morning Show in Kansas City, Missouri earlier today. The AE people were in town and they were doing a documentary. I don't know if you've seen all the documentaries they've been doing for next season, but they're going to be doing mine. And we had a little bit of fun with that. We had the Batmobile out. We were driving it over, over to the Mid-South Coliseum where all those famous matches I had. So yeah, I'm going to be going and having my own documentary done. Oh, the Batmobile will be included as well. I look forward to all seeing all the people's faces and hearing what they have to say about the way a and e produces my documentary. With more being said on all of this, continue following eWrestling news, follow A&E, and follow the WWE for more information as it's made available. Dutch Mantel is making news at this hour. Dutch Mantel is a very successful former pro wrestler and successful podcaster. He's been used on the creative team in many companies that he's worked with. Now he's opening up about the backstage fight at AEW's All Out and how he puts the blame squarely on Tony Khan. Former WWE talent Dutch Mantel is the latest name to react to the backstage brawl between the Young Bucks, CM Punk, Kenny Omega, Ace Steel, and many others during the all-out media scrum. Now, speaking on Storytime with Dutch Mantel podcast, former Zeb Coulter put the blame squarely on the hands of AEW president and CEO Tony Khan. Here's what he had to say on the likely cause of the outburst. Well, Tony worked himself into a shoot here. That's exactly what he did. He let the locker room descent faster and faster, and it finally built up like a blister. And all that it needed was a little prick to get it everywhere. And guess what? That's what happened. Now, on the reports that the Young Bucks kicked down CM Punk's locker room door, this is what Dutch had to say about that. As far as your executive vice president storming into a room, beating down a door, well, that's not possible. Those doors are storm doors, and you can't beat them down. They may kick the hell out of it, and I'm sure they would come in at some point, but that's quite unlikely. We need to talk to you. That's probably what they would be yelling. Now, Mantell also believes that AEW has a lot of things that they need to fix and things need to change. For more information on all this, continue following E Wrestling News and read more about what Dutch Mantell had to say about the issues happening in AEW. Jerry Lawler is once again making news. David Esposito is writing in, Jerry Lawler is reflecting on his cardiac arrest and trying not to think about it anymore. Now, 10 years ago, since Jerry the King Lawler suffered a cardiac arrest during an episode of Monday Night Raw, fans will remember that September the 10th, 2012 on Monday Night Raw. Lawler competed in a tag team match alongside Randy Orton to battle Dolph Ziggler and CM Punk. Following the match, Lawler returned to the commentary table and he was there until he suffered his heart attack. Lawler would go on to say, today, I am now 10 years away from it. Now, earlier today, the King spoke with Johnny Dare Morning Show in Kansas City, Missouri and he talked about the incident when he had his cardiac arrest. This is what he had to say. I did not feel anything. I do not remember anything. When I woke up, there I was in the hospital. It was so weird. It was happening so fast and I didn't even wake up then until three days later. When I finally did wake up, I had no idea of what had happened. I had no idea of where I was. It was all so surreal. My fiancé and I had been in Aruba two days before I came back to Canada to do TV. And then, I opened my eyes and there I am in the hospital. Lauren, my fiancé, was standing there by my bedside. I had this thing going down my throat. I couldn't even talk. So I was writing stuff down. All I said was, are we still in Aruba? I mean, I have no memory. No warning of nothing. It was just all of a sudden gone. Now, Lawler also talks about what it felt like. He would go on to say, It wasn't like just going to sleep. I literally was watching a match and it was Kane and Daniel Bryan against somebody and I'm commentating on the match and it was like I'm looking up at Kane and I just blink my eyes in my mind and I blink again and the next time I open them I'm in the hospital just sitting there with Lauren beside me so there was really no warning there was nothing that happened and it didn't feel like I was going to sleep either it was just like all of a sudden here and then not here for more information on what Jerry Lawler has to say about his cardiac arrest continue following eWrestling news and more information on this incredible story will be forthcoming Kenny Omega is making news at this hour Kenny Omega has been resurfacing up in Japan. Now, ever since the suspensions were handed down from the post-all-out media scrum, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, A Steel have all been keeping a low profile. Rumors and whispers have been swirling around about where the Elite are and what they're doing right now. Now, there is no Being the Elite video on YouTube this week in its normal time slot. All the performers are being kept off AEW television for the foreseeable future, but a new social media post reveals that Kenny Omega has resurfaced and he's now in Japan. The Best Bout Machine didn't appear on this week's episode of Dynamite. Omega and the Bucks have also have been stripped of their AEW World Trios Championship as part of their punishment from the all-out altercation. Now, prior to that, Omega was slated to appear at the Tokyo Game Show Convention to promote AEW Fight Forever. Now, fans are taking it as a good sign that he was there. A Japanese wrestling apparel company tweeted a video of the cleaner in his office. Now, if you'd like to find out more about what's happening with Kenny Omega and if he's going to be working for AEW while he's over in Japan, continue following David Esposito and he will have more information on this story. Third-party investigation is still ongoing in AEW following the all-out brawl. Now as many wrestling fans know things are still very very murky and we have more questions than we do answers at this point. Ryan Clark is writing in today as of right now the third party investigation into the post all-out media scrum brawl is still ongoing. The results are not expected to ever be made public. AEW Rampage Grand Slam is going to be taking place on September 23rd. It's currently listed as a two hours on DirecTV. Tickets for the following event just recently went on sale. Now November 2nd's Dynamite will be taken in Baltimore at Chesapeake Bay Arena. November 4th, Rampage Taping will be taking at the Atlantic City Boardwalk Hall. November 9th, Dynamite Taping is in Boston at the Agnes Arena. And November 16th, Dynamite Taping is gonna be in Bridgeport, Connecticut at the Total Mortgage Arena. For more information on all of this and the continuing investigation, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be coming forward. There's new names that are gonna be coming to Impact Wrestling and there's also some internal discussions and worries about Impact's ratings. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour, Impact Wrestling will soon be airing several vignettes this week for a new international star that is scheduled to be debuting soon. Now, according to a report from PW Insider, Mike Bailey will defend the X Division title at Victory Road against someone who's not currently with the company yet. Now, there's been a lot of talk backstage in Impact Wrestling about the ratings for the latest episode. The show only drew 60,000 viewers with a 0.01 demo rating. The show faced stiff competition with the NFL season kicking off. Additionally, several viewers said that the cable and satellite guides did not have the information listed for the episode. For more information on everything that's happening with Impact Wrestling, continue following eWrestling News and we will keep you abreast of all of it. The recently returning Karrion Cross has a lot of things happening these days now that he's back in the WWE. Now, since he's back, his strategic advice that he has right now planned for Roman Reigns. Karrion Cross would probably rather forget his first run on the WWE main roster. But now these return to the Federation under the new regime of Triple H. The creative direction for his character seems to be putting as much distance from that first run as possible. In a recent appearance on L Brunch, Cross talked about his two runs in the WWE and some strategic choices in appearances that he made for the company. Additionally, he hoped to face off against some bigger roster names, but has since decided to take A more cautious approach and a go around. This is what he said about the strategy he's implementing right now. Now, his goals with WWE. When I was leaving NXT for the first time and coming to the main roster, my goal was to compete against Roman Reigns. That was the strategy I wanted to use. I wanted to be very careful about how I did it. I would talk about different things backstage, dream matches, publicly because sometimes when you want something to go public, sometimes you have to make it known as well, but it didn't happen. People would ask me, do you want to wrestle Goldberg? Do you want to wrestle Brock Lesnar? Do you want to wrestle Bray Wyatt or Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton? And I said yes, across the boards to all those people but i would never never get a chance to talk about roman reigns now i didn't know what was happening but I do still want to wrestle him. Now, on his recent return to WWE and if his strategy has changed about how he handles himself backstage. At the time, I thought it would naturally just get there, so the timing is working out. I'm back, immediately going towards my original goal was to compete against Roman Reigns. I feel very, very, very good about this right now. This is exactly where I want to be. If you'd like to find out more about what is the strategy that Karrion Cross is using as he gets closer to his imminent match with Roman Reigns, continue following David Esposito and E-Wrestling News. We have some more information on backstage rumored returns in WWE. And we also have some news on Rikishi. As we previously reported on eWrestling News, WWE creative team writer and producer Ryan Katz, who was released from the company back in January, will now be returning back to WWE. Now, according to a report from PW Insider, Katz is expected to be back very soon. Some believe he'll be back as early as this week. Additionally, there's been a lot of talk backstage that the people who worked closely with Triple H may be returning to the WWE in some form or form. Capacity. So far, Cats and Road Dog have been the first two that Triple H has brought back under his new regime. Now, Raw superstars Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory are booked for Friday's WWE SmackDown tapings. Now, there's no official word if they'll be appearing live or they'll be featured in a dark match, but they will be there. AE was filming WWE's Most Wanted Treasures over the weekend in Pennsylvania. Some of the big names that were filmed at that time were Rakishi Samu, Gene Snitsky, and others. For more information, continue following eWrestling news more information on all things WWE will be coming forth. Steve Austin talks about The Undertaker's character in The Rock in Hollywood. David Esposito is writing in at this hour sitting down with Bill after on Sportskeeda. Stone Cold Steve Austin discussed Mark Calloway's success with The Undertaker character and whether or not another performer could have made that same character work. Now the Texas Rattlesnake also spoke about seeing potential Hollywood stardom in a young Dwayne The Rock Johnson. These are the comments Steve Austin had to say. First about The Undertaker's character work. If they had given that gimmick to anybody else. And I've told this right to Mark's face. It would have lasted two years, maybe three, and then it would have just fell off and nobody wouldn't have been able to do it again. It was a once in a lifetime thing, and they caught lightning in a bottle, and I knew Mark was going to be a star when he was out there. And I saw him at the Sportatorium down in Texas. He was working as the Punisher, and I was stunning Steve, or whatever they were calling me. Mark is an amazing talent, and for him to be able to make a run and make all of those major adjustments to his character and stay in contact with his fan base and always find a way to stay on top, or if not top, close to the top, he was keeping himself in that position as long as he could, and he was a master. Now, Steve also reflects and talks about seeing success in an early Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Austin would say, You would have figured, but I just saw some sights on him, and I just started focusing on him and watching him. He's a third-generation pro wrestler who got into the business because of the passion for the business, and then also saw the light on the other side, the light at the end of the tunnel, the tunnel that leads to something more than what we do, and that was a Scorpion King. I think it just took a little bit to get things moving for him, and he was becoming a movie star, a larger-than-life character that was in the movies, whether it was The Mummy or whatever he was doing. He just fits in Hollywood. He fits all their standards. He does things his way. The thing I think about when The Rock is he goes, Hey man, I'm just not going to try to mold myself, I'm just going to be me, and that's what Hollywood has to accept, that's just the way it is. And everybody else was doing their things, but I definitely saw it back then. I saw a guy that had the capabilities of being so much more, and he did it, and he succeeded. If you'd like to find out more about what Stone Cold Steve Austin had to say, not only about The Rock and The Undertaker, follow this article that is trending right now over on eWrestling News. We have more information on Johnny Gargano, Bobby Lashley, and Roman Reigns. Ryan Clark's writing into this hour, Johnny Gorgano took to Twitter earlier today to hype his return to the ring on tonight's WWE Monday Night Raw. He would go on and say, 281 days later, it is tonight. Let's get back to work. Hashtag Johnny Wrestling. Hashtag WWE Raw. In other news, WWEShop.com is selling a brand new Bobby Lashley t-shirt. It's known as the Timeless shirt. Once again, you can go ahead and find that at WWEShop.com. Deon Roloski wore a Roman Reigns Acknowledge Your Daddy shirt on today's episode of ESPN's First Take. You can see that right now on all forms of social media, but it looks like Roman Reigns is definitely finding his way to crossing over outside of the world of wrestling. For more information on all of this, continue following WWE and continue following eWrestling news. Sasha Banks is making news at this hour. Sasha Bank on bringing women's wrestling to The Mandalorian. Now, fans of the Disney series The Mandalorian might not have recognized the performer portraying Cosca Reeves during the show's second season, but wrestling fans sure know who it was. While appearing on AHCH to Radio Podcast, Sasha Banks talked about how she was able to incorporate wrestling moves into her guest role in the show, even hitting the legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett with a Tornado DDT. Now, these are some of the headlines of what she had to say on how she came about using the Tornado DDT in the episode. They brought me in for rehearsals and they told told me that they wanted me to do an arm drag or a headlock or a takeover and I was like, okay, I could do that, but first of all, that's the wrong way to do a headlock. And that's not how you do a takeover. You're on the wrong side. I was just looking at him all like this. And then I started looking at Boba and I was like, I think we can do something better. So I just took the guy by the head and I'm like, just hold my hips. I'm gonna run up the wall and you're gonna flip and I'm gonna DDT you. So we rehearsed it. We did it again and again. And John Favreau, the director of the series, came back out and said, Just like that, that was so good. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're gonna shoot. Now, on her excitement about being a part of the show, she would go on to say, I just remember so so much excitement for the first time that I came up to the set. It was, I was so overjoyed. I was so excited when I was at the table because I was so afraid to speak up. I mean, this is Star Wars. You know that they want you to bring it. They have all this stunt team and these stunt doubles and fight coordinators, and they put so much time into creating every scene and making it so memorable. It was just so incredible. And I thought to myself, I can make these fights doable. It's sustainable. I can do this. I do this on TV. If you'd like to read more about what Sasha Banks had to say about her appearance on The Mandalorian, continue following David Esposito. More information will be forthcoming here on eWrestling news. Starcast files for a trademark. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour. On September 7th, Starcast filed for a trademark termed Super Clash. Now for those unaware of that, that was an old event that was from the AWA. Now Super Clash 3 happened in 1988. It featured about with Jeff Jarrett and Mick Foley on the pay-per-view as well. Now the official trademark description reads as follows for hats, shirts, bandanas, t-shirts, short sleeve shirts, sweatshirts and hoodied sweatshirts if you'd like to find out more about what's going on with Starcast and why are they going after trademarking another name continue following e-wrestling news and we'll have more information eric bischoff is making news at this hour eric bischoff is chiming in and believes that cody rhodes leaving aew was a precursor and a warning sign of things to come eric bischoff believes cody rhodes leaving aew last year was a warning sign to the company during the latest edition of his 83 weeks podcast the former wcw president commented on how he would have handled the aew all media scrum situation. Bischoff says he simply would have taken the microphone away from the now former champion CM Punk. He, he would go on to say this. I would have snatched the microphone away from him so effing fast. Now on how Tony Khan created all of these problems AEW and how Cody Rhodes leaving was a sign of how bad things were to become. Bischoff would go on and say the following. I sound like I'm coming down hard on Tony Khan and I guess in a way I actually am. This was all self-inflicted. Everything Tony's been going through and the way everything has been happening in the last week, week and a half, this has been building. Cody Rhodes leaves. Why would Cody Rhodes leave? One of the guys that was instrumental in creating aew he had a great position within the company he was making a lot of money he was making a great deal of money so why would he leave but he left for a good reason and now we're seeing the dysfunction with punk omega and whatever is going on with the young bucks man they're called the elite right so this has been building for a long time tony created his own problems he needs a leader but i would have snatched that microphone away from punk and said thank you very much phil obviously you're not having a great night thanks for your time any other questions you can direct them to me. Now if you'd like to find out more about what Eric Bischoff had to say and the comparisons to the Ultimate Warriors promo compared to what CM Punk had to say read this article that is trending right now over on eWrestling News. Ken Shamrock, the former world's most dangerous man says WWE Hall of Fame is out of his control and debates whether or not he'll ever be inducted. Now Ken Shamrock believes he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame but knows it's simply out of his control at this stage. During a recent appearance, on the Universal Wrestling Podcast, the Attitude star commented on not being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. His credentials for induction are definitely worth it, but this is what he had to say. Of course I care. I mean, I think everybody does. This is the highest level to be recognized for greatness in pro wrestling, but again, it's out of my control. you know, I think that's obviously. I think I did enough to be recognized, especially if you've seen some of the guys that have already gone in, because I mean, if you're really looking for it, I was there. Did I do things that were everlasting? Because being the hall of fame you've got to be above everyone else and the things you did have to have left an impression on an organization and those who you worked around are they in the hall of fame are they in that same category it's not just about winning championship and doing certain things but did you build the company did you make the company something more or different leading into the future now on his credentials of what he believes he should be in the hall of fame if you look at the stamps it's all over wrestling, is Kan Shemrock. The submission holds, I brought those in. I mixed them with pro wrestling, and now everyone's doing mixed martial arts in pro wrestling. So I believe if you're looking for something that I contributed to it, there it is right there. And there's other things you can look at too. If you'd like to find out more about what the world's most dangerous man had to say about his contribution to the world of wrestling, continue following e wrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. Chris Jericho is making news at this hour. Chris Jericho reacts to being on other people's Mount Rushmore's of pro wrestling. During a recent appearance on the Superstar Crossover podcast, AEW wrestler Chris Jericho commented on his Mount Rushmore of wrestling, as well as the people who mentioned him on their Mount Rushmore's. This is what he had to say on people who would be on his Mount Rushmore of wrestling. When it comes to pro wrestling, I'm going to tell you from a fan, I love Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, Ricky Steamboat, and Hulk Hogan. Those are my four favorites when I was growing up, so those are the people I will have on my Mount Rushmore even to today. Now, his own reaction to being on other people's mount rushmore's he would go on to say the mount rushmore's and the goats and all that other sort of thing are such interesting topics of conversation but but if you're the goat or if you're worthy of being on someone's mount rushmore you probably shouldn't really ever talk about you being on someone's mount rushmore so when it comes to being out rushmore you don't really talk about being on someone's This guy's the best, or that guy's the best. To me, it's cool when people think of you that highly enough and pay you compliments, but I just keep doing the best I can to be the best entertainer I can. And whatever people want to rank me, hey, it's up to them. Because I know for me, as long as I'm giving a thousand percent, as long as I'm still delivering at a high level, I'm happy with doing whatever I am. With more information on Chris Jericho, continue following News. And more information will be coming forward. Matt Hardy is making news at this hour. Matt Hardy, a former legendary tag team wrestler with his brother Jeff Hardy, is now revealing the backstage reactions amongst the boys when ECW and WCW closed. Now, many years ago, WCW and ECW closed up shop for final. One talent who was around during the days was AEW wrestler Matt Hardy, who recently spoke to John Alba about the closures of both companies in the most recent edition of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast. Following the conclusion, of both companies, WWE attempted to run their Invasion storyline, which featured several WCW talents joining WWE. Additionally, several ECW stars joined WCW as part of an alliance that came together to try to destroy WWE. This is what Matt Hardy had to say. Man, everybody in the WWE hated it. I mean, we knew it wasn't good for the industry. We knew it wasn't good for talent. We knew it was going to take a lot of leverage and a lot of better deals to try to get something better out of this. So we hated the competition to go under. And obviously, they brought WCW and ECW guys in, so what are we supposed to do? We weren't really fond of it. None of the WWE talent were fond of it. Now, on adding WCW and ECW wrestlers in the invasion angle, this is what he said. You know, I thought it was okay, considering it was, and I hated the way the invasion angle was played out, where WCW didn't have its own show, it didn't have its own platform, and WCW guys were constantly on WWE programming. There was a point where every match was like WWE versus WCW, and I felt like it never had the feel of a dream feud or a dream program that everybody had sort of dreamt about if this ever had happened. And I feel like adding and injecting ECW into the mix, into this alliance, it made it more interesting for sure, but was it done perfectly? I don't think so. It wasn't because it left so much more to be wanted. There was so much better programming we could have put on at that time. There's so many different entities that we could have used. There's WWE. They're taking on WCW along with ECW. But when it really boils down, it was WCW and ECW But they were just small parts of WWE. And I think it really watered everything down. And we never got a lot of those dream matches. For more information on everything, that is Matt Hardy. Continue following his podcast and continue following E-Wrestling News. And more information will be forthcoming. FTR and the Aussie Open are now officially booked for New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest 2. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour, We've got a huge IWGP Tag Team Championship match set for New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest 2 Night 1. New Japan Pro Wrestling sent out the following press release today, announcing that FTR versus the Aussie Open will be taking place on Night 1 of the event, which takes place on October 1st and the 2nd at the Indoor Arena at crystals palace national sports center here is the official press release a huge match is official for night one of royal quest 2 as dax harwood and cash wheeler ftr will put the iwgp tag team championships on the line for the first time against the aussie open now, FTRC's tag team gold at Forbidden Door and the winners of a winner-take-all match against Rapungi Vice and the United Empire's Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb. While Cobb and Okan have continued to try to fight for the tag team supremacy in Japan, Aussie Open has a more direct path to face the champions, when they hit Nashville in July, defeating FTR and Alex Zane in a six-man tag-team bout. A challenge was issued at that time and formally accepted in a video message by the champions today. At the first Royal Quest in 2019, the Aussie Open challenged the IWGP tag-team champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, but came up short. Will they be able to add the IWGP to the strong tag team gold in London? Well, we will find out coming up soon. For more information on the big event happening in Japan, continue following e-wrestling news, and more information will be coming forward. Medusa is making news at this moment. Headlines are coming in for Medusa, also known as Alundra Blaze. Ryan Clark is writing in, ECW Press sent out a press release today announcing that the biography for Deborah Medusa Maselli will be released on April 1st of 2023. Now the book is entitled The Woman Who Would Be King, The Medusa Story, and it features the following synopsis. Through four decades of entertaining in the wrestling ring and in the monster truck circuit, Deborah Medusa Maselli never could sit still, but her dream to learn, to grow, to inspire legions of followers, masked deep secrets. Her upbringing was alive from the start, and the dark truths of her childhood revealed for the very first time. There's the earliest examples of Deborah's determination to persevere. Professional wrestling may have had an odd choice for a nursing student, but Medusa went all in, toughening up in Japan before conquering the WWE in the United States as a lundra Blaze. She held the WWE Women's Championship until being fired. In the rival WCW, Medusa infamously tossed the WWE Women's Championship belt in the garbage can on live TV. In 1999, Medusa changed lanes and revolutionized the monster truck industry. At meet and greets, girls in pink, queens of carnage t-shirts would wait alongside googling fanboys. And by 2004, she was the world champion in the sport that was only dominated previously by men. Only one thing has eluded her, motherhood. This is a spellbinding story of how one woman survived child abuse, financial disaster, death-defying injuries, heartbreak, and the chaos to emerge triumphant. For more information on this biography that's coming out, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information on all this will be coming forward. More information is coming out right now for MLW's Super Series 22. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour, Major League Wrestling sent out a press release today announcing a Peach State Prize fight for MLW Super Series 22, which will take place on September 18th in Norcross, Virginia. Now, the fight will feature Alex Kane issuing an open challenge for anyone who thinks they can go five minutes with him. Now, the announcement also includes the following. Peach State Prize Fight Invitational to take place at Super Series in Atlanta September the 18th. Is anyone tough enough to grapple with Georgia's own Alex Zane for five minutes? Major League Wrestling has announced Alex Zane's Peach State Prize International Fight Festival for Super Series 22 presented by mla from greater atlanta on sunday september the 18th at the space center at 6100 live oak parkway in norcross georgia now the card is going to be on fusion tv it will be a taping but it will be airing on BN Sports nationwide and on cable and DISH in over 60 countries worldwide. For more information on all this, continue following E Wrestling News, and more information will be coming forward. That is going to do it for all the headlines right now for today, Monday, September the 12th, 2022. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, Headlines is a one-stop-shop podcast that brings you all to late-breaking news in the world of wrestling. From your favorite promotion, what's happening behind the curtain, and what's happening in the ring, we give you a comprehensive outlook on everything that happening with your favorite superstars in your favorite promotions this podcast is a daily podcast that's free absolutely free and it's available anywhere podcasts are made available with that being said my name is mike freeland and i will catch you on the next episode of headlines My executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW Radio never stops.